0: Welcome to The Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, a global nomad and the author of the leadership book The Nomadic Mindset Never Settle for Too Long. Over the season, we will go on a journey to discover what is the nomadic mindset and how you can tap into that. For this, I will be interviewing a diverse group of cross-cultural thought leaders from all walks of life. So let's get on with it. Let's go nomading together. Welcome back to The Nomadic Mindset, and if you are tuning in for the first time today, welcome, and enjoy the journeys we go on in each episode. In this episode, The Nomadic Mindset meets the digital nomad, Leighton Prabhu. Recently, I was in Singapore sitting at the lounge of the Jen Hotel and Orchard Gateway, and I noticed this man at the end of the table working away on his computer. I struck up a conversation and met a fellow Canadian and nomad, Leighton Prabhu. I was taken aback by his many years of travel globally as what is commonly known today as the digital nomad. Leighton has been working and moving around the world, living out of hotels and now Airbnbs, working on his computer, helping entrepreneurs to scale their businesses via e-commerce for over the past 20 years. Let's find out more about the digital nomad. Well, Leighton, it's wonderful to have you on the show today. The nomadic mindset is you. The nomadic mindset is you, as I say, because you are a digital nomad on many, many fronts. So I'm curious about your life and on the road and what it's all about. So are you ready, Leighton? Absolutely. Great. So Leighton, tell me a little bit about who you are.
1: Wow, that's a very deep question. I think, uh, well, we can we can start with where I'm from. I, I grew up in Ottawa, Canada. I uh, went to university in Montreal. I did my, my first little bit of work in Toronto. And then I went to graduate school in the UK in, at Cambridge University. And since then, I've kind of been working internationally. First, as a, as an investment banker in J.P. Morgan and then Bank America between hong kong and singapore and then uh, i moved on to new york for a number of years i worked as a consultant to citibank then i kind of got the itch again to get into emerging markets and i i took a position at at pwc in in moscow for a couple of years as a consultant and then i I enjoyed it so much i decided to stay on a bit longer and kind of started a business that was helping foreign companies come to the russian market which was oriented towards e-commerce so I got to get involved with uh, some interesting companies, that's kind of morphed into uh, consulting of uh, various different kind of companies in in different markets. and Our our clients are no longer coming to Russia, but they're based in around the world now. and Major markets include the U.S., uh, the UK, Canada. We have some Asian clients as well. So that kind of um, lets me travel around to meet clients and develop new business, as well as um, the, the general area of e-commerce I find a lot more dynamic than what I was doing in the finance world.
0: Wow. I mean, that's quite a, that's quite a life. And, and this has allowed you to have this, what one would call today, the digital nomad's lifestyle of being around the world and still being wherever there is a computer, you're able to log in and to do your work. And have you found that there are some challenges about that or has it just been totally exciting all the time?
1: Well, there I mean there are pluses and minuses of course since on the on the very low level there's it's not always the same technology and, and access to strong Wi-Fi everywhere uh, but I think a lot of my businesses it doesn't have to be always on the computer what I find the benefit of traveling and, and meeting people is just actually understanding their businesses and having that uh, that discussion in person so it is um, it is a lot a lot better that you get to kind of make your own timings and where you want to be for it. For example, I'd rather avoid the Canadian winters. So at this time of year, we're speaking now. Um, what month is it?
0: <laughs>
1: uh, February. <laughs> February. We're speaking in February. It's one of the coldest months in Canada, in, in Ottawa, where I'm from. So I'm delighted to be away and, uh, and uh, in Asia, meeting different clients and also doing my work. We're uh, able to catch up.
0: Can you just tell me a little bit about this whole thing? Of, I mean, how how long have you been on the road? Then,
1: well, I, well, it depends on how you count it. I've been on the road for a number of years. I think the last time I had a more or less permanent address was uh, in Moscow some years ago when I was working in the accounting firm. Since then, it's uh, I've always had a, a business that's been registered abroad, so that that isn't a barrier and. I just tend to go where where the clients are. So our, our projects kind of started with uh, referrals and we have a cluster of clients in Scandinavia, including Iceland and Denmark. Then we also have uh, connections in Singapore. I, I, since my Asian days, I've known people there and I've, I've uh, uh, kept up my contacts over the years. We also have a good pocket of clients there. And then just uh, referral business, so people that uh, like our, our service, referring this to other business contexts, and that's kind of built from there so we have also now a cluster in the uk as well
0: mm, a referral business i think i would imagine that's a very good scenario with regards to being a digital nomad is, is getting referrals because you're on the road so how does the referral work uh, in your business
1: most of it is because come about organically that uh, people are satisfied with the, with the service we provide and they are you know they have Connections with other local businesses. So they introduce us to their their friends and business colleagues. The other way that's come about, uh, initially when I was building the business, I was doing different um, uh, guest blogs and other kind of outreach and presentations. We have also some presentations on uh, SlideShare, which is now part of LinkedIn. So I get some connections that way and people contact me through my blog. But I'm not so active in that anymore as as we, we become more established. It's more a question now of, of picking the right clients rather than than trying to market and be all things to all people.
0: Ah, okay. So there are ways, different ways of getting referrals in that sense. And when you you talk about we and how many are we and is there a, a location for we or a head office, so to speak?
1: Well, we have a legal operations. Um, initially, it was in Singapore and, and Russia. Now I'm kind of, re repatriating to Canada. So I've started a new company in Canada. But all of it is is uh the staff are more or less stable. We have about five people uh that are engaged in the company, but we also have a network of technical specialists depending on the type of, of work we're doing. So we bring them in at the right time uh for each project.
0: Okay. Now, you talked about repatriation to Canada. Do you think that getting off the road is really getting off the road? <laughs> or do you think that you'll still continue to travel? It's just shifting your location as a, a base.
1: Yeah, it's, it's more the latter. I think uh, of all the places I've been in, I think it's nearly 80 countries. Uh, it's not just traveling, but actually living there for some time and making local connections. I still think that Canada has the best balance of quality of life, you know, the the environment uh just it's just a, a young optimistic country so I do I do miss it and I come back regularly and I think uh, I, I want to be based there for the next few years but my business is international is as you know and there's no no way I could just be in one place the entire year so I, I'll keep mm. myself flexible but uh, but still have uh, Canada as a newfound base once again
0: I have tried to repatriate myself to Canada on an ongoing basis and I have found it very difficult to repatriate myself and I think that's for a variety of reasons and once a a person told me that I worked with in Brussels that when she came back to Canada that uh she had a hard time getting a position because they didn't she had too much european Experience and that wasn't really relevant to Canada, and I found that so very narrow thinking that there wasn't sort of quality and possibilities and all sorts of knowledge that cross cultural can actually bring. So, and, and I've heard that of recent again to me that I might have more of a challenge because everything is very transactional mm-hmm. in North America and Canada, and uh, we. I don't know if you found this way is that. It's more about relationship building in Asia and also in Europe to a certain degree, but a lot in Asia is about really developing that relationship. Not necessarily so in North America. So, can you speak to that and what you think about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is something that it's not—it just not, hasn't come all of a sudden. The the idea of repatriating to Canada. So, I've tried to build up connections over the last five to ten years, uh, going back regularly, and I have. I have a connection to my undergrad university, McGill, as well as, uh, and uh, mentoring certain students in my areas, uh, doing international business. So that's on on one hand, I have those kind of connections, but I think I can see it from the, the Canadian business point of view: is what can you offer to us right now? And having such a diverse background, I don't I don't know that all that many Canadian companies are as international as they're. Say European or American multinationals, and they would be able to take advantage of people with such skills. There are a few. I think, uh, speaking of my hometown of Ottawa, I think Shopify is one of the, the major success stories. That's I think, and I think the next uh, plank for their growth is definitely international. But other than that, the you know the tech sector, let's say in Canada, I think the major market is the U.S. and the companies are looking to grow mainly through people who have connections with potential customers in the US or have a good knowledge of that market the emerging markets of asia that's something that i think would be a secondary consideration for for those small those kind of companies or those size of companies
0: mm. yeah it's uh it's staying local still and uh, not spreading and uh, it is an interesting uh thought process so Just getting back to your digital nomad and what what would you say are some of the things that in actual fact uh, are limitations for you? We'll get back to the positive things, but the limitations as as a digital nomad, because I'm sure there are many people that I know and come across and you do is they ask, they say, oh my God, how do you do that? I couldn't do that, but I would like to do it."
1: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's hard to get started into the lifestyle because Especially people who have an established career, they're used to that regular paycheck, and they're used to going to a certain place and, and coming home to a certain environment. And I, you know, it's it's really hard to get started. Part of what I miss, I guess, with, with, is that sense of community and reliability. With the internet today, and you know, we have messengers and Skype and you know, with video conferencing. It it brings you into closer contact with people. From different parts of the world and different parts of your lives, this kind of lifestyle I think wouldn't have been so easy like 10 20 years ago because it was just mainly email and you did did you did feel a sense of disconnect with your own life and, and your friends. But I don't feel at this point that it's it's actually that much of a barrier. I think in fact that you know being able to travel and and see friends in all parts of the world and keep up that personal connection is is a great benefit of being flexible in your career does this take a
0: certain mindset then because this is the nomadic mindset and talking about that so i would imagine being a digital nomad there there is a mindset involved and so can you just say what you think about that and and would it be the nomadic mindset it's definitely probably not the settler mindset of just being settled in one place but uh, you do settle in one place from time to time but i mean the whole overarching mindset that drives you to do this. What would that be? What would you say to that?
1: Well, I go back to when I was working full time, especially in in banking, and and you know those were very intensive hours of work. You would go go in the morning and come back just basically to sleep, take a shower, and go back to thing. And I can I can remember that the the best part of my year was those two weeks I had off, um, and I was based in Asia. One of the vacations was uh, traveling in the jungles of Borneo, and just Starting from scratch and trying to find out places where people have never been before, we we penetrated deep into the into the jungles, into longhouses where they haven't seen foreigners ever. So that, I mean, compared to my experience in, in working, was a lot more enriching, and I just wanted wanted to do more of that and less of the office type of work. So I wanted to find something that that can combine the two. You know, have have a sort of business that that keeps things going, but the the ultimate objective is not to to make the most money as quickly as possible is to gain the most experience of the world and and actually experience different cultures and different ways of thinking that i think that's the essence of the nomadic mindset and it's something that if you're not you know if you don't have the taste for it early on i guess people don't really identify with this mindset either
0: Mm. and is there a way for people to gain the nomadic mindset or is it just something that happens do you think i mean i think that's a a question that it's come up for me is: people ask me, "Well, how do you get that nomadic mindset?" And um, so, wh- what would you say?
1: I think it's a lot easier these days because with, when I was going through university, you had this preset career path that you would join some large organization once you graduate, and you would be with that organization for a number of years, try right, to, to move up the ladder. But but these days, with you know the emergence of e-commerce and a facilitation of, of business and access to capital, you really don't need to go through that uh, before you can get out on your own and and try and and establish your own business. And I think this is kind of the essence of, of being a nomad and on one level because it's a way of of uh, going around the system and testing your ideas. If you also add on to that, the, the geographic flexibility of, of modern businesses, especially e-businesses, I, I don't see why you would choose to stay in one location when you have all this opportunity to meet different people and and even build your business in other markets it's really you know if you're if you're anchored to a certain place with your you know immediate family and community that would be one of the compelling reasons if you had children for example but before that I don't see any downside to it and I think you know from a Canadian point of view it's also, beneficial in the long run towards you know, building up those international connections and skills to, to raise the game for Canadian businesses.
0: Oh, that's really true, it is how you can go out as sort of the explorer, really, and then come back with the, the, all the information of, of uh, what was out there, the experience. And I think that's really important as long as they sort of, the, the organizations take that as, as information for their growth and way forward. Yeah, I, that's cool. Uh, no, I understand that you were an accountant. Now, this is often a very unusual place to be as an accountant and then an accountant gone nomading. Uh, so then something must have, because it's a very sort of almost a settled uh, mindset in many ways, but obviously there was something within you that just sort of said, no. Yeah. And is yeah, that true? I mean,
1: my, my plan would initially when I graduated uh, undergrad was uh, to qualify as an accountant and then do an MBA in the US top uh, school and get into banking on some level. What what happened in the meantime? I applied to uh, Cambridge University that had a one year program at, at the time, and I still do. And that kind of opened my eyes towards international connection because I was uh, in in a college where almost half the students were from abroad and from. Really funky places, Sub-Saharan Africa, countries I you know in, in Asia, in, in South America, places and exposure that I, I didn't have before and just realized how rich of an experience it was. And I wanted more of that. So going back from there into banking or finance in, in a city, even a city as interesting as, as New York, uh, it, it just didn't have as much appeal to me as, as moving forward with the international exposure. And again, like when, if you're if you're working in an intense job, you really don't get to, to enjoy the city where you're in. It doesn't matter really. You can be in, in New York, Singapore, London, Hong Kong, but you're spending twenty hours a day at work.
0: Yeah, all oh, that long time. I, I love the word that you use earlier, and that is experience. And experience is so important, right? And people, the value of internet, I found, I have found from my case. Is the value of meeting and experience of different cultures. As you've said, going into Borneo and for myself with, with regards to this book of meeting nomads in in Mongolia and in also uh, Kenya with the Maasai in the southern Morocco, and just everything uh, and not just that, but all the other experiences you get from people and introducing to people it has really enriched my life and expanded my vision and in many ways given me more of a understanding of the world and what, what how has it been for you in that sense
1: yeah i i think at this stage i i have the confidence that almost anybody I encounter i i can find some level of commonality to have a conversation or say yeah i've had this kind of experience similar to yours in the past and that's that's a great feeling to to know that you can kind of land anywhere and find people uh Kind of some some commonality with people i think that's beneficial in any any walk of life so what right now if i go back to canada but i am going back to canada and i don't look at myself as as being in a a single position i think i can add value in different areas and i want to do a number of different projects uh, where my international experience would be helpful to people
0: Mm, that's excellent I mean, that we, we're we kind of the explorers and the adventurers and, the, and come home and, and share all that. And I think that that's really important. I remember a long time ago when I was first traveling that I met a woman in Israel and she said she was an American woman. She was a Baptist missionary that had been in the Philippines. And she said to me, she says, you know, when you go home, you'll find that n- nobody's going to be that interested in what you're saying. They'll listen for a moment and then they'll move on. And it was so strange because I remember having conversations with friends. I was so excited about what had happened to know my experiences and it was true. And eventually I just stopped sharing them. I think that has shifted in the world now is that people are enjoying more. And I know that through Facebook and all those things that people love to watch the travel. Do you find that as well?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, younger younger people in Canada or elsewhere, I think one of the the top priorities in their lives are to travel and explore the world while while they're still young, and it's uh, it goes back to how how you can start something from abroad now from from your computer and, and get going without having to get into the rat race. So before you're ready for it, before people had a certain set kind of uh, vision of their lives, and now. It's opened
0: up dramatically. That wonderful, I, that openness is, is great. I mean, there's an increasing number of people in that are digital nomads, but also remote working, and apparently that is going to just continue to increase. And so organizations are having to shift the way they look at things because people want to have this adventure and and go elsewhere. Are you finding that as well when you go into organizations or when you consult? Are you finding this?
1: Well, our no, I mean our organizations, our clients tend to be owner-managed businesses or legacy offline retailers who want to get into the e-commerce business or help help externally that we kind of provide that expertise. We're more or less their ongoing digital marketing arm, and from their point of view, yeah, they when we have calls, they're always asking me where where in the world am I today? And there's a certain le- level of envy, but most of them are. Uh, with families and they're tied down to their community. They they kids need to go to school. So they're not in the same position that they can uh, be as flexible location-wise.
0: Yeah. And they're living through your eyes in some ways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. Do you feel that your education prepared you for this? Or do you think it was your mindset and your desire, which was inside of you?
1: Yeah, much more the latter. I think, I mean, my education is not unique. Uh, and most of my classmates have gone on to more traditional careers. I, like I said, I think it's, um, it's something inside you. When, when I was younger, I, I started all kinds of different businesses when I was a kid. I was, you know, I was, had one of the first computers in my class. So I was offering word processing services to my fellow students. I was selling chocolate cigarettes aside when I was a kid. I was you know, selling newspapers or magazines door-to-door. So I've always had this in me. And I think it's just, you know, you want to accomplish something with credentials in university and then uh, the CA qualification as well, but that that kind of never really left me. And, and when I had the opportunity to do something of, of my own, it just feels a lot better when you're when you're working and helping people out on a one-to-one basis. So what I'm doing right now, I can see that I've transformed our clients' businesses from, you know, X to Y. Whereas if you're working in a large organization, people aren't coming to you because of your personal expertise, they're coming to the institution. So I'm working in J.P. Morgan, they're looking for financing from J.P. Morgan. Not, you know, I, can, I can be anybody. I can, anybody can occupy my position and do exactly the same thing. So it's much more rewarding what I'm doing now, and I really wouldn't want to go back into a large organization where I didn't have that direct connection with, with someone else's uh, success
0: mm And what I hear you saying then it is rewarding to have your voice uh, lived in many ways is what we we might say in certain parts of the industry that i'm in is is living your voice speaking your voice and you're taking control and I love the whole other word that you used is it gives you confidence, which i think is fantastic uh there is one thing that i would you know there is this piece around the geopolitical situation, which is hunkering down into populism and and anti-migration and all of this. And I mean, obviously, I'm certainly not for that particular thing of anti-migration because I'm a migrator on an ongoing basis. And you are. What are your thoughts around this and why this might be happening? Is this a mindset or what's driving this?
1: Well, I think there is a a bifurcation in society now with people who haven't had those experiences and international connections uh feel threatened by people who have have the you know they, they have the talents and they, they're kind of rising in society so it's it's more a reflection of of fear i think than anything else people who haven't been able to to get into that segment of society it's it's a shame and i think i don't know what the solution to it is because uh, you, you're seeing in a, in a place like canada when i when i was growing up in my class i was probably one of one or maybe one of two that were uh, non-white. Whereas now, if you go into any major city in Canada, you probably see I mean, 30%, sometimes 40% in major cities who are who are non-white. And that kind of has shifted the, the balance of, of the Canadian mindset. There was a time when maybe you know, you're know you going from 10 to 20 and there was a, a lot of backlash against that. And I've I lived through that as well. I think in the US, it, it's similar. I think these uh, pressures are, are far more pronounced there, and it's a real shame. And you see this as well in Europe.
0: Mm, yeah, and it's strange because we were all migrants at some point in North America, right? And
1: uh, yeah, I mean these are very, really young countries. <laughs> yeah,
0: your family migrated from India, I would imagine. Did they? Or
1: yeah, yeah. My father first to the UK, then to to USA, and finally to Canada. So I was born in Saskatoon. I I don't know other country, but since I've um, become an adult, I've, I've done a lot of traveling and and I do spend more time in India now. There's my 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 younger brother has never actually been to India, so these are you know these are our ancestral homes. But right now, I would say our you know, our, our we are all Canadians.
0: Mm, yeah, I know I'm from a British heritage and. I still have family there. However, I did enjoy having a a Brexit, I mean, a British passport. But now with Brexit, I'm not so interested in it because (laughs) it was more about having the leverage throughout Europe of being there. So uh, eh, I would like to get a a more European passport yet again, uh, just for more possibilities. But I believe there are no boundaries. And I think that's the thing about this is that there aren't any boundaries, whether you're working you know, around the geography of the world, or if you just within your business, there should be no boundaries. And that is really the metaphor for the nomadic mindset, is it's taking that. Uh, Leighton, it's been really wonderful having you here on the show. And I would love to ask you one more question. And that is, if somebody was wanting to get into being a digital nomad, what are three things that you would say that they need to have and around the mindset and also anything practical?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think first of all, it comes from within that you need to, to understand that there's gonna be uncertainty and you have to be comfortable with uncertainty. So that comes from, I think, in your background, not just taking the first leap, but taking a series of, even in your own city, maybe uh, trying new things or getting into different activities or new activities and developing the, the, that flexible way of thinking. I think also you need to be comfortable uh, traveling and and being in a places where you're not physically comfortable all the time uh, that is unknown when whenever you're traveling and especially in emerging markets so if you really desire those those kind of things, you should think twice about getting into the nomadic lifestyle and then I think the I mean finally think I mean look around you and see. What kind of relationships you, you have and the diversity of people in your lifestyle and whether you're looking for more of that or whether you're comfortable in in your little not, not little but you know in, comfortable in your current environment and your current um relationships because they they will be strained when you're not physically there and you need to find make extra efforts to keep up those relationships and, and you know if you want to come back eventually like like i'm coming back to canada uh, I'm not starting from scratch again because I had put in the time and and uh, resources to keep up with people in my prior lives.
0: You have been smart then <laughs> <laughs> by setting it up for your return, which is very good. You're thinking ahead of the curve, which is fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I want to thank you very much. I mean, th- these have been great three things comfortable uh, with where you are need to deal with uncertainty understand that and the desire and also relationships yeah it's about relationships not only with yourself but others as well and i really want to thank you very much for being here with me and uh, helping others to understand a little bit more about being a digital nomad and what it can be and and it's also the joy of what it can be so thank you very much
1: thank you kevin it was a pleasure to speak with you and i look forward to staying in touch
0: great You have been listening to The Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, and I invite you to find out more about The Nomadic Mindset at thenomadicmindset.com. Until next time, make it a point to go nomading and start discovering your nomadic mindset.